Does money cause you stress? When a new life situation arises, do you worry how that will affect your budget and cash flow? Managing money is not always easy, but learning how to plan, set, and adjust goals as needed can help keep stress to a minimum and your financial success on a steady course. Welcome to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. Your future plan starts right here. Here's Debbie. Hello, this is Debbie Peterson of Money Counts, and I'm here with my co-worker and another advisor in our company, Nicole Maloney. And our show is called Unleashing Your Money's Hidden Potential. We've been talking the last few weeks about different uh, frequently asked questions that we get from our clients and also places where we tend to find money that could be used more efficiently uh, without uh, trying to reduce expenses. We're really trying to reduce waste in your um in your cash flow. And today we decided that it was about time we talked about some ideas around savings, uh, different types that there are. And we had mentioned before that taxes is one of the places where there's usually some opportunity to make some rearrangements. And uh, we wanted to talk about the different types of accounts that there are where you could have savings and investments and how they work from a tax perspective and why you might choose one over another. Last week we talked about different kinds of insurance plans and we will be doing a follow-up show on retirement, excuse me, insurance plans that will have uh, more emphasis on some of the other types of insurance, primarily life insurance, which we did not get into last week. And our goal, again, is to help you think differently about money and think about what you're doing with your money in regards to the different topics that we talk about and see if any of the ideas we have would be helpful for you. And we are here to help you evaluate that if you'd like us to. And you can reach us at mcradio at moneycounts.biz with questions or if you'd like to schedule someone in one time with either Nicole or I to talk about things in more detail as they relate to your personal situation. So when we talk about types of savings, pretty much everybody's familiar with a checking account or a savings account that you would get at the bank. And the type of money that you have in those accounts is generally money where you have Uh, earned it from your income and you have already had taxes withheld from your payroll, things like that. So that's considered primarily after-tax money, which means when you spend it, you don't have to worry about paying tax on it again. But if you're earning interest on your savings account, the amount of interest that the bank pays to you would have some tax consequences uh, along with it, and you would get a 1099 uh, every year that would say if you how much money you owed taxes on. So that is generally a um, good place to have emergency funds and things like that where you don't have to think about tax consequences to use the money. That's pretty much the first bucket of money that everybody creates. Um, that is also known as non-qualified money. Qualified means uh, it's qualified for a tax deduction or special tax treatment like a retirement account. 
And a non-qualified account is something where you have largely already paid the taxes and it's not subject to the same rules as a qualified plan would be. Most of us are encouraged to put as much as we possibly can into retirement plans um, by our employer and also by the media and our tax preparer because there's some tax benefits associated with uh, putting money aside for retirement. And that is we generally get a tax deduction. Um, but that's a little bit misleading. It's really a tax deferral when we put money into a retirement plan. So the way that works is you put money into your plan and on your tax return, you note that money is not subject to tax for that year. And you can make a variety of types of investments with it. And somewhere down the road, when you are ready to take the money out, you will have to pay tax then at your full rate. So it really is a tax deferral, not a tax deduction. And that's just something that we need to think about when we're deciding if that's one of the places where we want to accumulate money. So we wanted to talk today about different types of retirement plans and explain how they work to you to see if any of those uh, features are something that you want to take advantage of. And then at a later time, we'll talk about non-qualified investments and uh, benefits of having some of those in your plan. The two primary types of plans that we're used to hearing about are 401k and IRAs. A 401k is an employer-sponsored plan and the employer sets it up and gives you access to it in order to make deposits and investments. And they're largely done through payroll withholding. You may choose to participate or not and your employer may choose to provide some sort of a matching contribution for you in those types of plans and that's one of the reasons why people usually are saving in those before they save in some of the other places that don't have a matching contribution. We like to think of that as sort of free money. You didn't have to earn it and you didn't have to take it out of your cash flow in order to have your investment grow. There's some other types of similar plans that you may be involved with, and those are things like 403Bs and 457s. Those are just uh, numbers under the tax code. So the 401k, anything that starts with a 4, is a number in the tax code that tells you what the rules are for your contributions and withdrawals to that type of plan. There is some talk about making uh, a default contribution amount when you start working for an employer who has a plan that says if you don't choose not to participate, there will be a certain amount of your salary set aside or you can choose a higher amount. But they um, to encourage us to save, the government is trying to make it uh, less simple to opt out of a plan. One of the things you want to realize when you start putting money into a 401k plan or any of the other uh, tax-favored plans is the government has a lot of rules about how you can use the money. In an employer plan, uh, the first thing that happens is your employer will choose a group of investments that you can 
uh, choose from in order to have your plan grow. And because it's in an employer plan, you have to use only those investments. You can't decide to go to Fidelity or Vanguard or somewhere if they're not offered in your plan. So there's a little bit of restrictions on which investments are available to you. And quite often, there's also not someone available to you to help you decide which investments are best for you. Uh, There may be an 800 number or something like that you can call uh, just to get information about what different investment choices you have, but largely you are making those choices, or if you have an investment advisor, they can be helping you make those choices. Um, but quite a few of us are, are just looking down a list and reading what the performance is and trying to pretty much guess what's going to be best for us. And, and so it always helps to have somebody who's familiar with the plan itself and also with each of the different types of investments and how they work to help you make those decisions. Other benefits that you get when you're in a 401k plan are um, the fees are usually pretty low. They're regulated, again, by the government so that you don't have a lot of extra expenses when you're making decisions. Pretty much all of your uh, options will be low, fairly low cost and uh, won't vary too much between each other. So you don't have to think a lot about well, is this a higher expense than that when you're getting ready to make the choice? And the employer is supposed to give you a large enough selection so that you will have opportunities to grow your money or to keep it safe, whatever is most important to you. Um, That is part of their due diligence when they are selecting a plan is to make sure that there's enough options in it for you to have good choices. And that... um, Some of the other types of plans, for instance, the government-sponsored one for government employees, they actually run their own funds in there, and they have about six to choose from. So if you're in one of those types of accounts, you'll have a fund that says it's for growth and one that says it's for uh, fixed income or bonds, things like that. There's uh, other things to think about with a 401k are once you put the money in there, when can you take it out? And one of the ways that many people use their 401k balance is that if they need money and it's not for retirement purposes earlier before they're 59 and a half, they can take some money out on a loan. And there's two ways to do that. The uh, interest rate is usually determined by the plan, but there's also a default rate that the government will assign if there's not a rate in the plan. And the loan can be taken out for any purpose. You just, if it's in the plan that you can borrow against your 401k, the plan will specify how many loans you can have at a time, all of that, but it does not necessarily have to be a hardship. It can be for your personal use. And if it's not related to buying real estate, what you will find is that you will have a five-year repayment schedule, and that will be the payments will be automatically deducted from your payroll, and they would be in addition to any contributions you are making. So you want to make sure that once you take the money out on a loan that you factor in the fact that you're still going to be making a contribution and you can adjust the contribution if you want to. 
Loan repayments, however, are not tax deductible. So that's money that you have already paid taxes on that you're putting back into your 401k. So that's not the most efficient use of, of money, but it's way better than nothing if that's the only savings that you have. If you're using the 401k loan for purchasing a house, you can ask for a 30-year repayment schedule. And of course, that would give you much lower um, payments over that period of time. And you may be able to use it if you're in a house and you're deciding that you wanted to build a house and you needed some down payment for, for a piece of property or something before you sold the first house. So there's some advantages there. And you can pay the loan back early at any time without any uh, payment penalties. When you get closer to retirement age, there's some rules that you want to make sure you're aware of, and that is anytime you take money out as a withdrawal on a 401k plan or uh, one of the employer-sponsored plans, there may be an early withdrawal penalty, and that's 10% of the amount that you withdraw, and then there is also income taxes due on that withdrawal amount. So that makes it pretty expensive to just take withdrawals out of those types of plans. So you wouldn't normally want to do that unless you were in a really hardship situation. And there are hardship restrictions in every plan that says under what circumstances can you make a withdrawal. The government wants us to leave that money in for retirement, not to be using it for other things along the way. So it's... Uh, one thing that we always look at is the amount of money in your age that you're putting into a 401k plan. Is that the best use of the money for you? You might need some more money in accounts with less restrictions. Nicole, is there anything else that you think we should be talking about on the 401k side of things? Um, it, it, there, well, it applies to our uh, IRAs as well, so I think you'll cover it, the RMDs. So, um, no, I think you covered everything in regards to 401ks. All right. Uh, we did want to mention there's also a type of 401k for self-employed people that's called a solo 401k plan. That can be used if the owners of the company are the only employees and they are either a single person or a husband and a wife. Um, and that will also give you options to do the loans to yourself. And that might be helpful if you are self-employed and you're trying to grow your business. And then there's some other uh, types of self-employed plans that start to cross over into the IRA area. Um, a SEP IRA, a simple IRA, or some of those uh, different plan names. Every time you hear a new plan name, that means there's different rules. So you want to be really careful when, if you're setting up a plan yourself, that you understand what the rules are for that particular plan type before you get too far into the setup. We also, in the employer-sponsored plans, uh, now have an option to do a Roth contribution, which is not tax deferred. That means you pay the taxes on your money first, and then you put your money into the investment account. And the benefit to that is that it will grow from that point forward. It will grow tax deferred. And 
when you're over 59 and a half, you can take the money out without any taxes due on it. So that makes your retirement income more predictable because you don't have to guess what your tax rate will be. So those have been starting to become very popular. And if you have the option to do that, you want to think about it before you choose which one, or you may do some sort of a combination. And thinking about the self-employed plans, or um, when you think of large 401k companies, those plans cost a lot of money to set up. For a self-employed person, there's not a lot of money to be, you know, usually around to set up some sort of retirement plan for either the owner or their employees. What does that cost look like, and is it very difficult? No, it really isn't. Uh, We have some really good mutual fund companies that are offering the smaller plans at very low cost, and they include the loan provisions on the 401k side of things. And the main uh, requirement is that you use the funds that the mutual fund company offers, but they have a good selection. And so that's a really low cost way to get into a 401k. But you're definitely right. Administration of a large 401k plan, especially when it has matches and all those things going on, and it can get uh, expensive. It's not so expensive on the participant level, but it's expensive because of all the infrastructure that's needed to support the plan and to um, transact all the business of getting the money invested after it's deducted from payroll. And um, I think we're getting ready to end this uh, portion of our segment. When we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, traditional and Roth IRAs, which are where you open the account yourself and how that works and why you might want to choose one or the other if you have the option. So that will get into some of the ideas about rolling over money from a prior 401k where you've already left that job or maybe you have an IRA that you might want to change the investments in and go to a different investment selection. So we will be talking about that when we come back. And again, if you have any questions, please direct them to mcradio at moneycounts.biz. And we hope to hear from you and get some feedback on the program and whether you find our suggestions helpful. Thank you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think of Money Counts as your financial GPS. Our four-step process helps you discover, assess, build, and implement a strategic plan for your financial future. Our advisors will help you understand how to unleash the hidden potential of your money and obtain more of what you want with the money you already have. Life's milestones, getting married, having a child, buying a home, changing jobs, and ultimately retirement often cause the need to rearrange your financial focus. Money Counts can help you manage your money, allowing you to manage other parts of your life. Call us today at 704-315-5623 or visit us on the web at moneycounts.biz to learn more about our services. At Money Counts, our passion is helping you unleash your money's hidden potential. Again, visit moneycounts.biz or call us at 704-315-5623. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities offered through Summit Broker Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, advisory services offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355. Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number 704-315-5623. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. the market's up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network You are tuned in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. If you have a question or comment about the program, please visit our Facebook page or visit moneycounts.biz. You're welcome to submit any and all questions or comments to mcradio at moneycounts.biz. That website again is moneycounts.biz. Now back to this week's program. Hello, this is Debbie and Nicole. Welcome back. Today we're talking about different types of retirement plans and how you might take advantage of them and what are some of the features that make them appealing and what are some of the things that you might want to consider before you've decided to invest most of your money into these types of plans. And that has to do with some restrictions that um, are based on government rules about how the plans are set up. And we were talking about employer-sponsored plans for the most part in the earlier conversation. And one of the things that employer-sponsored plans have is they have higher limits on how much you can put into a plan. um, Generally, you can put in around $16,000 in a year, and then if you're over 50, you can put in an extra $5,000. So you can put a pretty good chunk of money into those plans. We're about to talk about individual retirement accounts, which also come in traditional and Roth. But those have a lot more restrictions in funding them from contributions. So um, if you have retirement plans offered at your place of business, you may or may not be able to do traditional IRAs or Roth. And there's also income limitations that if you earn more than a certain amount of income, you may not be able to contribute. And the amounts we can contribute are quite a lot lower. We're talking in the five to $6,000 a year for individual contributions rather than in the, you know, close to 20000 that we were talking about for the 401ks when you get closer to retirement age. An individual retirement account is, uh, the plan is the same for everybody. It's set up by the IRS and you just have to work with a financial institution in order to set one up for yourself. And it's voluntary on your part and you get to choose what investment options you want. Now, depending on who the financial institution is, they may offer one uh, different options than another depending on whether you're going to a mutual fund company or a bank or you're having someone help you find figure out what you want. But for the most part, what we see is when, you're, when you have an IRA is that if you're going to have a, a large amount of money in an IRA, it generally came from a, a 401k or a 457, one of those types of plans. And when you're using uh, one of those plans to fund 
an individual retirement account, you're doing what is called a rollover. That is not taxable, and it can happen in two ways. One is that you've already left the employer, and now it's a former employer, and they may or may not let you leave the money at the company. If they do let you leave it there, it will be under the same terms as it for investments and things like that as it was while you were an employee, but you will not be able to make any more contributions. You can um, also request when you get to be over 59 and a half, most plans will allow what's called an in-service withdrawal. And that because your money becomes yours and is not subject to early withdrawal penalties when you get to be 59 and a half, the employer says, all right, well, here, you know, Here's your money. You can use it as you want. You can roll it over. You can withdraw it. It's because of your age, not because of your employment situation. So those are the two main ways that 401ks or or other types of employer plans can become IRAs. An IRA has um, different rules on when you can take the money out. So some people find it more flexible. And as I mentioned, you have a full range of investment options and you can research those or work with an advisor to help you choose ones that are appropriate for your age and the amount of money that's available and how it compares to your um, total resources. But um, having investment flexibility can make a big difference sometimes in and the features that are available to you. Uh, so that's very appealing to some people to be able to make those choices. Uh, they may be a little bit higher cost sometimes than in your uh, employer plan, but usually that cost is related to a certain benefit or feature that you may not have had uh, been able to take advantage of in the investments inside the plan. So it's it's not a one-for-one that they're all equal and you just choose based on cost. You want to look at what the features and benefits are in the plan. And there's also a few different ways to get money out of an IRA that are different from the employer plans. So first of all, you cannot borrow against an IRA. That's actually illegal. (laughs) So we don't have that loan feature that was appealing in the uh, employer-sponsored plans. But there are a few uh, ways that you can take money out of the plan if you need it before you're 59 and a half. Uh, The first one is just a straight withdrawal, but in this case, you don't have to have employer's permission to take the money out. You would still probably be subject to the 10% early withdrawal penalty, and you would have income taxes due, but it would be up to you to determine if it was worth paying those taxes, depending on your situation. You can also have made a withdrawal, and as long as you put it back into the account within 60 days, it does not count as a withdrawal. That is good when you've got something maybe temporary where you need the money uh, for something. Maybe um, medical treatment if you're in an accident and you haven't got the claim settled yet with whatever insurance it is, things like that. So that's a really good rule to be aware of, that uh, that's an opportunity to use that money and put it back and not create a tax consequence. We're also allowed, if you're unemployed, to pay medical premiums without having to uh, take a 10% early withdrawal penalty. 
And many people are not aware of that. And sometimes that can really help you in the case of some of the higher costs we have for health care these days. Also, if you have health care costs in general that are over the um, limit on Schedule A, that, you know, there's a deductible amount over that. Uh, if you have to pay more than so much of your gross income, you can deduct the extra medical expenses. You can reimburse yourself from your IRA for some of those. You always want to work with a tax accountant when you're looking at those options, but it's good to know they're there. There's also an exclusion for $10,000 towards a primary residence that might help you with your down payment and that sort of thing. Again, you still pay taxes, but you might be able to avoid the early withdrawal penalty. And then lastly, there's a, um, a process called a substantially equal periodic payment or a SEP, <laughs> which is a lot of letters and hard to say. But what that is, is the government will allow you at any age to take what they deem to be income from your investments. And it's according to a formula the IRS has. It's very specific. And these interest rates, it could be 2 to 3% of your account balance. And you can take that out as income. That will mean you're paying the tax on it. And the IRS lets us do that because they're assuming our account is growing and that we didn't get a tax deduction for that income yet. So it's okay to take it out without an early withdrawal penalty. And that can be really helpful if you're starting a business or you wanted to maybe buy some um, an investment property and you wanted to use the money coming out of the IRA in order to um, fund a mortgage for some type of investment. There's lots of ways that could be used or it can just be used for extra income if you're retiring early. It's commonly known as a 72T or a 72Q. Again, those are the IRS codes that the rules are found in. And uh, you, you have to take, once you start a distribution, you have to have the formula um, estimated and you know what your payment allowance is. You are not allowed to change that payment for a minimum of five years or until you're 59 and a half, and that's whichever is longer. And there's a lot of rules about how what changing that means, so you want to be sure if you're going to start something like that that you've uh, gotten uh, consulting on what those rules are and are sure that you're not going to have to make a change on that. But we found that that can come in very handy for people if they've been downsized or their salary's been reduced and they're getting close closer to retirement and they don't know if they're going when they're going to get their next job or if they're going to go back to their higher salary. Um, Nicole, is there anything that you thought we should talk about on the IRAs? How about um, we talk about the required minimum distribution? Um, we talked about how you can get money out, but how about the point where they start to tell you you have to take your money out? Many people don't really know that. Yes, okay. Uh, yes, so the magic ages for um, retirement plans are once you get to be 59 and a half, that's where you don't have to worry about the early withdrawal penalties, and you can take money out as you see fit. Um, unless you're in some sort of an investment that has restrictions on withdrawals and special rules about that. But that's considered your money. It's retirement time. It's okay for you to spend it. 
you just want to keep um, be aware of what the tax restrictions are on it. Um, again, Roth money is going to be uh, generally comes out to you tax free, but IRA money, traditional IRA and 401k money is generally fully taxable. When you get to be 70 and a half, the government would like you to start taking money out of your taxable retirement plans because they want to stop deferring the taxes that they gave you the benefit of earlier on when you made the contributions. So in the year that you become 70 and a half, you have um, the option of delaying for one year, taking a required minimum distribution, but if you delay it, you have to take two in the following year. And the amount that you uh, take out in the first year is 3.65% of the account balance on the prior December 31st. And the only way you can avoid that is if you are still working and you have a 401k plan where you are working, you do not have to take a required minimum distribution on that plan because you're still able to contribute to it. But on any former 401ks or any IRAs that you have, they will all be subject to the required minimum distribution rules. Uh, one other thing that can change the amount that is taken out or re- required is if you are married and if your spouse is more than 10 years younger than you are, then they will give an extended uh, life expectancy table and they will allow a lower rate to be taken out. You still have to take the money out, but it will be discounted. And those rates are the same for everybody, so it really doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or it's all age-based and off of tables that the government has provided to us to estimate that. Every year that you get older, the amount you have to take out gets a little bit higher. And as we get up into our uh, later years in the your 80s, it can get up into double digits that you're taking out every year. But there's a fallacy there that the amount of the required minimum distribution can make you pay out your entire retirement account. It's always a proportion of the amount of money that was in the account at the end of the year. So it's never going to be 100% that the government mandates that you need to take out. And there's different ways to um, set up IRAs and beneficiaries, um, qualified plans, uh, IRAs and 401ks, employer plans, all have beneficiary designations. That means if you pass away while you have one of those plans, that you will have the ability to have already named who is going to get the money after you. And that means it doesn't have to be specified in your will and people have access to the money much more quickly. So that's a good way to plan for estate planning is to make sure you take advantage of the beneficiary designations. Um, There is another type of IRA that we didn't mention and that's called an inherited IRA. It has different rules. Still, everything is taxable when you take it out, but it has different rules about the percentage that you have to take out, and that is based on your age at the time, and then it increases every year you get older, but it is a totally different schedule than what a traditional IRA has. So you want to be careful if you have one of those kinds of accounts to make sure you understand the rules on it because it's not the same as your regular IRAs. 
And what happens, isn't there a large penalty that happens if you don't take your required minimum distribution on either one of those accounts? Yes, it can be up to 50% of the amount that you did not take can have to be sent to the government as a penalty. So that's a very good point. And so again, with all of these kinds of accounts, they may be easy to put money into, but you wanna be really careful when you're taking the money out that you're doing it properly and that you don't uh, assume something that's not true. Uh, the government is also talking about right now, there's not required minimum distributions on Roth IRAs, but that may be something that is changed in the future. And one thing you always want to remember when you've got money in these type of accounts is that the government has the ability to change the rules. And you want to keep up to date with that because it could really put a wrinkle in your plans if all of a sudden you can't take your money out till you're 65 instead of 59 and a half and you would plan to retire earlier, things like that. Uh, yeah, they are talking about that now with the new tax plan that's coming out there, right? Where, isn't that where everyone got all kind of upset at first that they were going to maybe limit the amount of contributions? Yes, they're still talking about that. President Trump has said that was not his intention, but it, yes, Congress has to come to a resolution on that. And that could make a very big difference in okay. how you fund your plans. All right. So uh, we're getting ready to take another break, and we hope you're enjoying the show. We will uh, be talking about some of the other things to be thinking about if you are choosing to do a rollover, and I hope you're finding this uh, information helpful. Again, uh, please contact us if you'd like further details, mcradio at moneycounts.biz. Thank you. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Think of Money Counts as your financial GPS. Our four-step process helps you discover, assess, build, and implement a strategic plan for your financial future. Our advisors will help you understand how to unleash the hidden potential of your money and obtain more of what you want with the money you already have. Life's milestones, getting married, having a child, buying a home, changing jobs, and ultimately retirement often cause the need to rearrange your financial focus. Money Counts can help you manage your money, allowing you to manage other parts of your life. Call us today at 704-315-5623 or visit us on the web at moneycounts.biz to learn more about our services. At Money Counts, our passion is helping you unleash your money's hidden potential. Again, visit moneycounts.biz or call us at 704-315-5623. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities offered through Summit Broker Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, advisory services offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number 704-315-5623. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
You are tuned in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. If you have a question or comment about the program, please visit our Facebook page or visit moneycounts.biz. You're welcome to submit any and all questions or comments to mcradio at moneycounts.biz. That website again is moneycounts.biz. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back. Nicole and I are here to talk to you a little bit more about uh, some of the qualified plan issues, and we've covered quite a bit so far. I hope some of that is making sense to you. Yeah. Uh, Clear as mud. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things Nicole suggested that we discuss a little bit more is that a lot of times when people leave an employer, they have a retirement plan and they may not understand what they can do with it. They think they need to leave it there, or a lot of times I find that people have pension plans that they totally forget about, and they don't even realize they have them until they get old enough where they get something in the mail that says, okay, now you're 65, what do you want to do with your money? Those Uh, are nice surprises. Yes, they are, Um, and we definitely have had some good ones in that aspect. But it's always important for you to, um, anytime you change a job, whether it's voluntarily or not, that you find out what benefits that you have that are portable, and that means you can take them with you. So it could be insurances that are portable, things like that, um, and it could be investments that you have made not only in a retirement plan, but maybe in an uh, employer stock purchase plan, something like that. Uh, most companies will let you keep your investments with them if you have more than $5,000 when you leave the company. Most companies will send the money to you if you don't have more than $5,000, and that's just for bookkeeping, trying to keep track of you for the next 20 or 30 or 40 years is expensive when you don't have a, a very large investment at that point in time. The general procedure, though, is that somewhere in thir- within 30 to 60 days of leaving a company, you should get a notification from your employer about what your options are for all of your benefits, and that should include what your options are to um, move a retirement plan if you choose to. Now, some companies will kind of encourage you to move the money into an IRA of a Uh, investment company that they do business with. For instance, if your 401k plan was with Fidelity, then you might get a call from a Fidelity advisor asking if you'd like to open a Fidelity IRA, and they will give you the pros and cons on some of the things that you might want to think about there. So there are uh, four ways of rolling money over that we wanted to go over briefly. Uh, You can roll your retirement savings plan out of an employer-sponsored plan into an IRA. You cannot go from a traditional 401k to a Roth IRA without some conversion activities and some taxes to be paid. So you want to make sure that it's like kind. If it's a Roth 401k, it can go to a Roth IRA. If it's a traditional, it goes to traditional. And if you want to make a change in either direction, there's some tax issues that you need to be aware of. You can, as we said, you can leave your retirement Uh, savings in your former employer's retirement plan, and you can keep it there until you retire if you want to. Um, Many of us like to um, 
consolidate plans. So as we move from job to job, as the younger generation is doing a lot more of that, they may end up with several different accounts at several different employers. It's usually much easier to manage things if you consolidate those. So that might be a reason why you might want to consolidate the plans. Again, to get at other investment options um, may also be a reason uh, and other features that are not available within your employer's investment options. If you have a new employer, it's quite often um, that you're able to take your old retirement plan and merge it with your new retirement plan at the employer. Again, that's a way that you can manage things more closely, only have one plan that you need to look at and keep track of things better. Uh, that's offered quite often. So you may want to always evaluate, though, if you're going to move the plan, you're going to go to the trouble of doing it, that you know why you're doing it, that you're doing it to get something that you don't have where it is. Um, or you could just simply withdraw your money and not put it into another uh, retirement plan. And if you should do that, that's where the taxes and possibly the earn early withdrawal penalty comes in. But depending on your situation and the reason why you left your prior employer, if it was something that was unexpected, that may be a way that you can kind of help uh, cover your expenses until you've landed another position somewhere or been able to rearrange your uh, household expenses so that you're able to afford them without taking further withdrawals. If you're doing something like taking early withdrawals where you are going to pay a penalty, be careful to take only as much as you need because you're going to be paying taxes on it. And sometimes you can take a smaller amount to get you from one tax year to the other and maybe not push yourself over into a higher tax bracket. Do so you want to be aware of those sorts of things? Um, Retirement plans are really meant to be used for retirement. That's the government's view on it. And so they really use the extra taxes and penalties as a way to encourage us to keep our money in the plans. If you're withdrawing early, let's say we decide that you do want to withdraw for to cover your expenses if you were to unexpectedly need some money, um, the retirement plan is required to take withholdings out of that money. So if you're planning... To take, you need, let's just say, $50,000. Make sure you're really going to be taking more than that if you want a $50,000 check, that they're going to have to take withholdings to make sure your taxes yes, are covered. If yes, you're, if you're under 59 and a half, there is a 20% federal tax withholding that is mandatory if you're taking a withdrawal and not a loan or a rollover. Right. Um, and that sometimes also gets in the middle of the rule that I mentioned about the 60 days of having the money. Right. Uh, because if you if you had the check made payable to you because you thought you needed the money and then you determined that you didn't and you go to put it back in another plan, you don't have as much money as you started with. The government's got that money. So that can mess things up quite a bit. Um, and if you're in that situation, you want to talk with somebody who knows how to handle that properly so that you can get as much money back into your plan as you would like to. Yeah, ultimately, I would think that either of the at the rollover situation, unless you're going from plan to plan, you probably want to seek just a professional's opinion 
on what you should do and what makes the most sense. They can help you evaluate the likes and dis and differences between the plans, the fees um, associated with all of those. So I think if you get to that point, you really are wanting to talk with someone. Right. So when you're in the retirement plan itself, in the employer retirement plan, you are not paying a specific fee for investment management. If you move into an IRA, you are likely, you can have a self-directed one where your costs can be very low with, um, you know, Charles Schwab or someone like that, and you just pay a limited amount per trading and you're choosing your own investments. Or you could have an advisory service help you, and they generally charge in the neighborhood of one to one and a half percent of your balance on an annual basis in order to help you set up the plan and monitor the investments and make adjustments as necessary. Or you could choose a product that is sold on a commission basis where you pay generally a one-time charge up front um, with possibly a small fee um, year after year, but not quite as high as on the advisory side. And in that case, what is going on is that person is helping you with your um, specific situation at the time, trying to help you find products and services that are offered that can meet your needs at that time. But they are not necessarily going to be reviewing that with you regularly. It depends on the policies of that particular company. Uh, And there are also uh, cases where you can do some of each. We happen to be duly licensed so that we can do investment advisory services and we can do commission business. And it isn't all or none for any particular client. It really has to do with what types of things fit their needs and how we might um, be able to help them. Commission um, business has some product lines that are available that are not used widely by advisory Mm -hmm. uh, services at the current time. There's a lot of regulation going on right now to try to make those two options more equal so that it shouldn't be a choice. You should be able to choose how you pay for your assistance based on what your preference is versus what type of product you want to buy. Um, If you've heard of the DOL or Department of Labor rule that has had a lot of controversy going on about it, that is one of the things that um, they are trying to do is equalize payments to the advisors no matter what platform they're using so that there isn't any conflict of interest over what their recommendations are. And uh, that is partially implemented and we don't know yet what's coming next on that. It's a pretty technical discussion, so I'm not going to put too much of my two cents worth in. But don't believe everything you read in the media about it. There's a lot of confusion about what it really means. Uh, And that has to do with just the different business practices of the large financial institutions and what they choose to offer you and to let their representatives offer we are independent. Um, we do have a broker-dealer who supervises us on our um, commission transactions, and they also have an advisory service that they offer. Uh, but we are allowed to use many, many different types of products and services. We do not have to deal with just one 
company for uh, mutual funds or anything like that. So it gives us a lot of options to show you and talk to you about that may fit your situation very well compared to something where there's only five or six or seven different options. We hope you'll be able to join us next week. We are going to have a guest who is a friend of ours and worked with us for most of the time since I've started the company. She's a mortgage banker. Her name is Stacy Kimry, and she is going to talk to us about different options when you're planning to buy a house, what types of financing are available, and we're hoping to have her for two shows because we also want to talk about pre-qualifying for a mortgage and also tips on how to improve your credit. And she will be doing both of those shows with us. So hope that you can listen in next week. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential. Be sure to join host Debbie Peterson again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of our show. Opinions expressed are those of the speaker and are not endorsed by the named broker, dealer, or its affiliates. All information has been prepared solely for informational purposes and is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. Certain statements offered are forward-looking, including but not limited to statements that are predictions of or indicate future events, trends, plans, or objectives. Undue reliance should not be placed on such statements because by their nature, they are subject to known and unknown risks and uncertainties. The information provided is not intended as tax or legal advice. You are encouraged to seek tax or legal advice from an independent professional advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities that are offered through registered representatives of Summit Brokerage Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Summit Brokerage Services, Inc. and Summit Financial Group, Inc. are separate and unrelated to any other named entity. Debbie Peterson is a registered investment advisor located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number is 704-315-5623.